This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 265 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Benefab Products. This is Lindsay McCall from Jupiter, Florida. And this is Regina Crispo from Sand Lake, New York. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you this week by the United States Para Equestrian Association. And we also have our producer, Glenn, with us. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. And Regina, welcome back this this month. <laughs> nice to hear from you again. <laughs> oh, it's great to be here with you guys. Thank you, Glenn, for having us. Well, before you start, we have to talk about the pregnant one because everybody wants to know, did you have the baby yet or how close are you? What's the story? <laughs> are you miserable and unhappy? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, 31 weeks now. I'm very nervous that people keep, everyone says, oh, we had my baby early. I do not want to have it early. I'd like to go all the way to 40 weeks if possible. I'm due right when WAG starts. So <laughs> so I'll be uh, either concentrating on WAG or concentrating on my delivery. <laughs> One of the two. Let's hope it's your delivery. You'll probably and... be doing both at the yes, same time. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know me, probably. I'll have my laptop with me. I just wrote that down to pack in my bag. <laughs> Fortunately, when babies are little, they sleep a lot. So you should be able to yes. get some watching in. Yes. <laughs> but um, so far, my pregnancy has been um, pretty awesome, and I haven't had too many complications or anything, and I will say now I'm feeling it. I've gone from cute pregnant to just big and pregnant, and <laughs> my I'm not even able to breathe the same, and so it's it's pretty funny, but it's been a fun process. Yeah. The last few weeks are always the toughest, but it'll be great. Don't worry. And do we know what we're having? Yeah, oh, we're having secret. a girl. No, it's not. Oh, no, we're having a girl. And uh, it oh, was really God. fun. We've been getting all these little cute little horsey and equestrian things, so which I love. <laughs> nice. So, that's a very exciting. And how's the horse <laughs> husband been about all of this? Oh, <laughs> he said, oh, no, it started already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you buy the pony yet, though? That's the big question. Well, I have. A really adorable Welsh pony that um, used to be uh, one of my old hunter ponies, and he'll live forever. He's, I think he's 14 now. So um, my mom oh, uses nice. him for dr- combined driving, so he's a little bit he can do everything. And uh, I perfect. think he will be perfect for her because he'll be older and he's nice. So I hopefully, actually, Excellent. I already got a saddle for her from my parents. So <laughs> you're ready. I, you're ready. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a. That's an excellent long-term plan. Hey, I got to ask you, Lindsay, because this has come up on the Horses in the Morning show several times, and then and then Jamie, my co-host, did it when she had her baby a year ago. So the biggest thing now is taking the little tiny naked infant when they're about a week old and plunking them on a saddle to take uh, a professional picture. Are you going to do that? Well, of course, yes. Are you going to do a little naked baby on a saddle picture? Of course, yeah. Aww. That's a cute idea. I like that. That's I mean, a I great idea. I love that. You should look up. You look up naked baby on saddles. You're going to see a million of them because it's a thing now. So. Yeah, oh my god, you. <laughs> you could probably fit her in a little helmet too. <laughs> there you go. Oh. I'll find a few things around the house for her to, to use. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be funny. Well, she's going to be a lucky little girl to have you as her mommy. 
Aw, thanks. Well, there's been some <laughs> exciting stuff going on in the world of para, huh? Yeah, it's we've, there's a lot to keep up on lately. Um, we just announced our wig team. Our, it's, at first, we announced just a long list, but now we're down to our team. And uh, I'll, I guess, announce those here. Um, it's Rebecca Hart from Unionville, Pennsylvania, with uh, her own Schroeder's Romani. Uh, Roxanne Trunnell from Texas with her own Nice, tu- nice Touch, who she calls Touche. <laughs> Sydney Collier, which is very exciting to me because she was too young for the Paralympics in London, but she wanted really badly to qualify, and now she's qualified for WAG um, on uh, NTEC Coupley. And our fourth is Susan Trabus with um, Catherine Hill's Kamiakins. And then we have a fifth rider, and that fifth rider is a self-funded rider, and that's Annie Peavy from Avon, Connecticut, and uh, she'll be riding her mom's horse, Lancelot Warrior. So, yeah, very, very fun. Great. That's a great team. Yeah, and you got to, I didn't get to see them at selection trials. I got to see just the still shots for the most part because there was no live feed. But what do you think of everything, Regina? Oh, I thought it was really a wonderful um, event. People had come from all over the country with all their top horses, and everyone went out, and you could just see it in their face. Everybody had a goal. They were all working, especially people who were trying to get a spot on that WAG team, and people rode hard, and they worked hard, and I think the, the team that's been put together is fantastic. I think they're all a bunch of talented riders, and the horses are lovely, and I think the world better watch is coming this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Can I throw something in here too? I'd give a shout out to Susan uh, Treves. There, she uh, she was our spotlight rider for the 2010 WAG uh, here on the Horse Radio Network for Para, and so we got to know her really well for the two years leading up to that. And I'm so excited she gets to do it again. I'm just uh, I'm putting my personal plug in and saying hello to her because uh, we we had a great time with her in the lead up to the WAG last time. So yeah, yeah. Susan's great. Oh, I had met her. Yeah, it's the first time, and what a lovely young woman, and really nice horse, and and boy, they really they put in a some really nice tests. Did you get to meet her? Was her husband there? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's a nice guy too. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, yeah, he's very very nice. We had a good time hanging out with him too at the WEG last time. Yeah, they were very excited to uh, to become all that way, and. it really, she she did super. She wanted it very badly, and boy, oh, boy, she got it. And you guys must be very excited to have the WAG in 2018 coming a little closer to home. Yes. It's going to be really fun right across the border, our neighbor to the north. Yeah, no, you, you, you won't have to worry. A lot of people won't have to worry about flying up there, so that'll be a nice It'll thing. It'll be, yeah. So much nicer. <laughs> no crossing oceans. I mean, everybody, I'm sure, was hoping for uh, for Lexington, but that's the next best thing. Head to Canada. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Neat. Awesome. <laughs> well, congratulations to everybody there that uh, qualified for the team. What's their schedule like, uh, Lindsay? What will be happening now? Sure. So um, they ended at Gladstone. Um, they all kind of got together and, and they got together with Kai Hunt, the chef to keep, and kind of talked about what they're going to be planning on doing, their horses, that kind of thing. They are going to gather again in Gladstone prior to August 11th. 
Um, they're going to do a few things there. And then they actually fly out on August 11th. They're going to fly to, to Amsterdam. And I'm unsure of exactly where they're staying at this point, but um, they're going to fly there, train for a little while, and then they head over to to Normandy, France, I think on the 22nd-ish or right before, right before WAG starts. So, and uh, that's kind of their, their schedule. They're going to have a lot going on, though, especially the people that are out in California that are traveling, have to travel east, and, and you know, it'll be a lot, but it'll be fun. And uh, you have something that's right up my alley because I drive. <laughs> yeah, we have our our para drivers. Um, our team is over in England at the World Driving Championships, and they are competing this next weekend coming up, uh, the 27th through the 29th. So we're very excited for them. They have a great team this year, and uh, I hope they do really well over there and bring home bring home something for us. <laughs> great, terrific. Good luck to them. Go driving. <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. <laughs> well, now uh, tell us a little bit about who's coming up on our show today. Well, we have Sarah Ike from the United States Equestrian Team Foundation. And uh, she'll be on our show kind of talking to us a little bit about the United States Equestrian Team Foundation and what they do. Because sometimes people are you know, unsure of exactly what um, role they have in the equestrian world. And also, a huge deal for us is the Johnson Lentz Memorial Challenge. And she'll be explaining that and talking about it. And they've already raised, or we've already raised, over $450,000 to date. So it's kind of exciting because it didn't start that long ago, and we're already way up there in the numbers. Terrific. Well, let's uh, do this. Let's go talk to our friends or listen to our friends at Benefab Products. Uh, as you heard on the show here a couple of weeks ago, recent Philip used Benefab products and absolutely love them. And they they use many of the products, both human and horse. So let's take a listen to uh, Benefab, and then we'll come back with Sarah. Hi. Are you tired of treating your horse for soreness? Well, then be proactive. Benefab offers you and your horse a natural remedy to joint and muscle stiffness, inflammation, and circulatory deficiencies. Benefab offers a variety of innovative products, like saddle pads and polo wraps and quarter sheets for your horse, and socks and blankets for you. Simply ride in it or wear it, and feel the difference Benefab's ceramic-infused products make. You can check them out online at BenefabProducts.com, or you can call them toll-free at 855 855- Nine five seven eight three seven eight. So, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today with Regina and I to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and kind of a little bit about the Jonathan Wentz Memorial Challenge. How are you today? I'm great. It's good to be with you. Thank you for having me. So, I wanted to kind of start off to let our audience know. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I, um, used to work for USDF, uh, the managing director of eventing, uh, for a couple of years. And then after the Olympic Games, it was time for a career change. Um, and so now I work, um, as the major gifts officer for the USCT foundation. It was a, a new position that they, uh, created, um, just this past January. 
And I'd like to think that since I've been on the spending of the money side, uh, that I can I can do the justice of uh, helping raise the funds uh, for high performance disciplines. So my focus yeah. there is going to be on the non-Olympics. Um, well, Bonnie Jenkins, our executive director, is focusing on the Olympic disciplines. So. Oh, that's that's exciting. Can you tell us, Sarah, for people who might not know, uh, what does the USCT Foundation do exactly? Can you kind of uh, walk us through that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. Um, it's very confusing because uh, we all live in a world of a bunch of alphabet soup. soup but um, the USCT Foundation is a registered nonprofit 501c3 whose mission is to raise funds for the FEI disciplines. And mm-hmm. so we focus on individual donors and family foundations as opposed to corporate sponsorships. Um, and because we're a nonprofit, any of the gifts um, to the foundation are, are tax deductible as a charitable contribution for your federal income tax purposes. And then each year we give a grant to USEF who then um, distributes that uh, that funding um, to the high-performance disciplines um, as they see fit. Um, and some contributions are restricted per discipline, and then other contributions are unrestricted. And this year alone, we're giving them a $2.9 million grant. So it's, and, and we have a pretty impressive track record over the last 10 years. We've provided them the federation with almost $24 million, um, thanks to our generous wow. donors. So we're, we're, uh, those high-performance programs wouldn't exist without the foundation, that's for sure. Yeah, what do you feel that USET Foundation does so differently that they're able to um, raise that kind of money and they do such a good job about at it and they are so professional? What what makes them different? I think I think what's helpful for us is that that is our sole mission. That that is our goal is to help uh, teams win medals at international championships, World Equestrian Games, Olympic Games, Pan Am Games, Paralympics, etc. So because we have a pretty um, single goal. I think that that's all. All hearts and efforts can go into into doing that. Whereas, you know, some nonprofits are, you know, they they're spread really thin. I think we're we've got you know one goal and we can stay focused on that target. Can you um, tell us also a little bit about um, the Jonathan Wentz Memorial Challenge? Um, most people in the para world know who Jonathan was. Is a fantastic. Uh, young man and a uh, wonderful writer for our U.S. para team. And um, now we have the Memorial Challenge going in his memory. And can you just tell us a little bit about how that's uh, working out? Yeah, I I didn't uh, I didn't have the pleasure of meeting Jonathan before he passed away, but I know um, we were, he was on our 2012 team um, and our highest place rider in the entire U.S. delegation. Um, but... Um, through, we have two lead donors, Margaret Dupre and the Barnfield Foundation, um, who, when they saw, you know, the sort of limited funds that para, our para-equestrian athletes were um, having to, you know, stretch as far as they could, um, these two donors felt like something needed to be done so that there could be, you know, get you, the para-athletes, you know, some funding that they truly deserve. And, um and have it really be a stretch goal so that they can create a meaningful and comprehensive program. 
uh, and challenges in the past have been really helpful for us in eventing. Um, we had the Guilt Edge Foundation uh, Challenge with Jackie Mars, and they raised over a million. And Raining just recently did the Dogwood Challenge, um, and I'm throwing a blank on how much money they raised. But they historically, challenges have been um, a really good way to sort of energize the fundraising base. And so the so the nuts and bolts of the Jonathan Wentz Memorial Challenge is those two lead donors are matching dollar for dollar up to $200,000 each. Um, we have a goal of 800000 and mm-hmm. I'm excited to announce that as recently as yesterday, um, we have raised $561,000 already in wow. fashion space. So we're we are well well close to our goal. Um, and Bonnie Jenkins uh, was saying the other day, I think we need to shoot for a million because it's we've had an amazing response. Um, people have just been so generous and and really believe in in paradressage and, and what you guys um, can really do. And we want to see you guys, you know, soar and come home with the medal. Well, that it's is so some, exciting. Those are some impressive numbers. Yeah, it, it, my goodness, it's pretty impressive numbers. I mean, what's what's great about it is is that um, pledges of of four thousand dollars or above are eligible. Um, gifts made this year, but what you can do is you can make payments over a four year period. So a twenty thousand dollar grant, is, which is five thousand dollars a year, with the match is actually a sixty thousand dollar grant. Um, so the, with the match, it just really has a huge impact on on what those numbers are. Um, and I think it's, you know, to be able to stretch out your, your gift giving, I think, makes it um, palatable for the people who, you know, not everybody's going to be a $50,000 donor, but hopefully we've got a lot of those $4,000 donors out there um, because that's $1,000 a year, and $1,000 a year is 83 bucks. A month, and it's two dollars and seventy six cents a day, or whatever. The, I haven't done the math recently, but those are the, I mean, it's basically less than your cup of coffee uh, at Starbucks each day. Mm-hmm. So when you sort of, at least for me, when I, you know, when I crunch the numbers into something manageable, I think I, I can do this. I can do four thousand dollars, absolutely. And then know that it's got a match to to make it a twelve thousand um, dollar donation. Really, and these people start thinking, oh shit, that's a good idea. It's one of the best investments ever in a way. I wish I had an investment like that on a normal daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful for the teams. And and how do people I know um people can call you at the USET Foundation office. How do um other make a donation for this? We are working on um we were just in the meeting today, um to, we're going to update our website, and so our website, org will have a link directly for the Jonathan Lentz Memorial Challenge. It's not up yet, but we're hoping to have it up uh, in the next week, because really this is the, the beginning of the public phase. Um, we've been sort of quietly raising money, um, you know, on the private phase, and now we're sort of ready to go public with it. Um, so the the link isn't up there yet, but... Um, it soon will be available, and or they can call me at the office. How how would you explain to them how the funds are going to be used exactly, and who decides how the funds are going to be used? Because I think that's important. People um, 
that are donors. Of the, they they can't know what, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, we don't have any say in uh, specifically how the funds are used. That's left up to each high performance discipline committee and or mm-hmm. the, the coach or chef to keep. And so in your case, Kai would work in concert with the high performance um, uh, dressage committee. And um, I know that Lorraine and Kai sat down after your national championships and um, put together a high performance plan. I mean, to date, most of the, the bulk of any budget, regardless of the sport, goes to horse shipping uh, because that's just that's the biggest um, biggest expense in almost everybody's budget. But it can also go towards things for training um, or competition grants. You know, you, I know you had a few athletes go to Europe um, this spring, and I think they did so on their own dime. Um, I would I would hope that with some some real funding behind you guys for several years, that you can have. A, not athletes doing that out of their own pocket, but send 10 of you to go get some international experience. And that's really what our team really needs. We need to get over there, get overseas, and compete with their counterparts so they can get some great competition and experience. Exactly. I think in the international experience, A, for for the, the human athlete, just to have that, you know, that arena is just as, and warm-up arena is just as much yours as it is the current gold medal Paralympian. And uh, and they do things differently in Europe. And just getting comfortable in a foreign setting and so that when you go to world championships or Paralympic Games, that you're, you're on that stage um, and don't have any problem or any nerves. And I think with your horses as well and getting in front of those more judges so that when you go to an international championship, you know, you're, they know you and they say, oh, here's Becca Hart trotting down the center line, you know, here she comes, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that would give our um, athletes a lot of co- more confidence to, you know, getting getting that experience, the travel, and it's hard to travel, it's hard to travel with horses, and if, if you can be more comfortable and confident, it's just going to go a long ways uh yeah, even the cuisine, you know, and, you know, being comfortable with navigating horse shipping and foreign language and, you know, how to get dinner, how to find breakfast, you know, in a foreign city, just to to get comfortable doing that, I think, is really important. So I think I understand that Kai has um, has that in his budget uh, for the next coming years in, in light of 2016, 2016 Paralympic Games looming. Um, I think... And I wouldn't be surprised, and I would I would support you know any efforts for him to get our athletes to have some international exposure. And Sarah, how have you enjoyed working with the the paratrissage discipline? Because I know it was a little bit newer for you when you kind of came aboard. What what, is, what have you thought? I'm so impressed. Um, I sat in the press conference. Um, it wasn't you hadn't named your team, or maybe you just had named. Uh, you just had just named your team at your power selection trials. And um, I was so impressed with the poise and maturity because you have a lot of young athletes and, and they're inspirational and they, I just, it's been a pleasure uh, to work with these athletes. Um, and I, I look forward to working with them closely and helping, you know, anything that I can do 
to help you guys get on the podium, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I'm looking forward to the future. Oh, well, thank you so much. And we really loved being at Gladstone for our nationals and our weight selection trials is such a special place. And it made our athletes feel special to be, you know, roaming those halls with their horses, like so many other elite athletes have done in the past. And it's just a beautiful place and everybody was so nice and it was such a positive, positive experience. And it was really cool. So thank you so much for, for everything you did to help us get that going. No worries. It's, I, I have a soft spot for Gladstone because I, I was born and raised in New Jersey. And so when I was little, we, um, we played in that barn and, uh, it's, it is a magical place. And if those walls could talk, you know, a lot of champions have walked through those down that aisle. And, and I think that that, some athletes feel that, you know, that if you've come to Gladstone, you're headed somewhere. That's right. That's really neat. Well, thank you so much for your time tonight. We appreciate all the information about USET and about the Jonathan Wentz uh, Scholarship, um, the memorial. And uh, we look forward to working with you and hopefully see you soon. Yeah, definitely. We'll see you at leg. Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride. We are really happy tonight to welcome one of our newest para riders. Uh, her name is Marcia Cohen. She is from... Oklahoma, and she came to Gladstone to compete in our nationals this year. So thank you for joining us, Marcia. Oh, you're welcome. We'd love to talk thank to you. new para riders, and I know you're pretty new to the para world and uh, just came to nationals at Gladstone at the beginning of this month. And uh, from what I hear, you had a great time. I think most of us did that were there. Um, so just give us a little, little synopsis of uh, your para life. Well, um, I first became interested in para uh, when I uh, attended the Green Country Dressage Classic in Claremore, Oklahoma, and Lynn Seideman was riding, and uh, she was just wheeling all around in her wheelchair and and showing, and I was really impressed and curious, uh, so I introduced myself, and Lynn told me about 
a clinic that was coming up the next February in Texas. So I attended that clinic where I met uh, John, uh, Jonathan Wentz and Wendy Freike and several others. I hope I pronounced her last name right. Um, and um, I was very encouraged because I'd been showing uh, in introductory and training level dressage just at schooling shows, but, um, you know, didn't really feel like I was very comfortable, you know, at competing or, or you know, going any farther with it um, because of my uh, impairments. And um, so it gave me hope of doing something more. Um, and that was in, I think, 2007. Um, so um, I, I've been through, I think, about three... I think this is my fourth horse um, that I've uh, worked with in dressage. And um, a has really surprised me, um, Latte, um, every time, even though he's a draft cross. Um, and he just really uh, is willing and, um, you know, happy to, to try. And, and he's been so steady. He's been a good schoolmaster for me. Um, and... My first rated show was in 2012, uh, where um, we entered uh, one test each day at the ODS Spring 1 and 2, um, rode the novice test, and we just did really well. So um, I was encouraged. In 2013, I was a little bit out of sorts. I had some back issues and worked through those and uh, got better, and so we came back. 2014, ready to go. That's great. Um, that's boy, that's uh, pretty impressive. Starting uh, your recognized show career in 2012 and uh, ending up at the nationals in 2014. You brought a draft horse with you to uh, selection trials. I think that's really unique. That um, you were you were showing. Is it her there? <laughs> um, he's a gelding. Um, yeah, you know, um, he uh, he really has surprised me. You know, like I said, um, I I didn't expect a whole lot, and um, he's just always willing to try, and he just keeps getting a little better as time goes on. Um, I um, I've been really really fortunate uh, to to have been partnered with this horse this far. For our audience, um, what qualifies you um, within your grade? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, do you have do you have a lot of pain in your joints? Can you kind of um, expand upon that? I do. Um, I have um, a lot of joints that have been affected by rheumatoid arthritis, overlapped with scleroderma, and um, right there, there is a lot of pain, um, but. Um, Writing helps me work through that. It's, it's, you know, therapeutic for many uh, disabled persons. And for me, it's just the best exercise that, that I have found. And so, um, you know, I feel like writing is, is you know, keeping me more flexible. Um, like I said, though, you know, we have, I have to push through the pain uh, and the the alternative is not very desirable, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I keep I keep at it. And uh, nationals was just 
an awesome experience. I was so happy to be there and meet everybody. Um, the whole the whole time was just you know I was on cloud nine. <laughs> oh, that's great! It, it is so fun to put faces to names too, or names to faces when you talk to everybody you know, through Facebook or on the telephone, and then you, you show up and all the people that you've seen all over the Internet all of a sudden are real people and everybody's helping each other. And I think um, I think everyone had a great time at Gladstone, and it's really neat that you could uh, you could come all that way. Yeah, that's what I was how- really impressed with so much. You know, everyone is so helpful. Um, that... Uh, I don't. I don't know how long. I think in 1999, maybe this program began. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's just it's a lot different than just going to a schooling show around here or a regular rated show. Um, of course, I take help with me, but I was very pleasantly surprised at how helpful everyone was at National. And what was the kind? Of, what kind of trip was it for you? Because I know you came all the way from Oklahoma. Did, did it take a few days, or how did you guys transport everything yourself and your horse? Well, I looked at all the options, and uh, the best option just uh, was to go ahead and, and haul the horse out ourselves. Um, we made a little bit of modifications in the horse trailer. Um, I don't really care for slant loads trailers, especially traveling that far, and so my husband took the panel out, and uh, we broke it down into three days. I don't travel very well, um, and I need to stop and rest a lot, so we drove. uh, I planned it where we would drive, you know, six to eight hours each day, and um, so we stayed in Altamont, Illinois at a horse hotel there, and then we stopped in Lodi, Ohio. And, um, yeah, it took three days. We arrived at uh, USET headquarters about 7.30ish on Saturday evening, uh, just before dark. Wow. That's so yeah, that's, that's a, great. <laughs> I know. It's amazing how much time and effort and all that stuff um, we, we put in to get to competitions and do it and, I always think, and then you have five minutes in the ring after you put, you know, hundreds of hours in, and it just, uh, it's so worth it, though. And, you know, people traveling that far, and it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to do that. So that's really cool. So what's what's up next for you? What's your uh, your future plans in the next six months to a year? Well, I'm looking for a second horse right now, um, and I'm planning to attend the um, the Paralympics qualifiers. I'm just waiting to find out when and where the next uh, event will be. And you're going to be there, aren't you? Yeah. yeah I can tell are. by your voice. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> and, Marsha, what award did you win this uh, last week at the selection trial? Well, uh, I took home the sportsmanship award. I was I was really surprised because... Uh, you know, I, I didn't know anybody really, um, you know, except through Facebook and on the phone. Um, I had met, uh, Kai, of course I went down to NTEC one time and took a lesson. Um, I tried to go back, but I got the flu. And, um, so I, I really didn't know many people and they didn't know me. So, um, I was very surprised, 
to receive that award and um it really it, it made it so much more worth it to know that my peers had voted you know uh for me in, in that um regard and um I'll have the keeper trophy at home <laughs> it's on my desk <laughs> Well, well and I know I wasn't there because I'm big and pregnant now, but I had heard that you were showing and the thunderstorms came and you actually had to show the next day for your one test, too. And everyone was very impressed on how you handled that and how you were great and you were friendly and you did not mind that that occurred to you. So, so that was great. I heard that from everyone. Oh, well, um, I was just in the zone. Practically the whole time I was there, um, and when the buzzer went off, I thought we had done something wrong, and <laughs> but I was waiting for the judge to ring the bell. You know, that took a little, a few seconds, you know, so that everyone figured out what was going on. And they're really, you know, I mean, that's just how it goes. Sometimes. Um, I remember one time when my instructor uh, was showing in a schooling show in Kellyville, Oklahoma, and um, storms, you know, were coming in, and and her ride had to be interrupted because of lightning, and you know, that's just you just uh, you got to take everything in stride, you know, you can't you can't um, you know put a fuss or anything. There's nothing we can do about the weather. That's right. Well, I remember watching. uh, I, I think I watched every test that whole week, but particularly when it was wet and sloppy and you were riding, riding latte. And I kept saying, Oh my gosh, all the other horses look a mess after they went because of the footing and their dark horses and latte matched the footing and <laughs> the same color. So he didn't look like he was slopped up at all. I'm sure he was, but I kept, I said, that horse is a perfect color for this footing. So I got a <laughs> chuckle out of that. And he, he certainly was a good boy. Yeah, he is. I'm, I'm really proud of him. Um, I I let him out today. He gets, um, you know, a couple hours of turnout time every day. And um, he immediately started eating grass. And then, you know, I turned around to walk to the mailbox. And I heard this, I heard hooves, you know. And I turned and he had kicked up his heels and he was running. Sprawlers were ah, being a horse. His little pasture there. And he, he looked really pretty. But, yeah, uh, he, he didn't. He didn't look so pretty, really, with all that mud and stuff. <laughs> I, but you couldn't even tell. It was really fun. So, what kind of horse are you looking for for a second horse? Um, I'm looking for a Dutch or a Danish warm blood, specifically. Um, I um, I I did. You know, there's an Oldenburg not too far from me that's for sale. Um, but I can't look at him right now because he's, uh, he's probably going to go out on trial with another rider. Um, so a warm blood, definitely. But um, I like the Dutch uh, warm bloods best. Well, good luck with your search, and I hope you uh, find whatever you're looking for. There's a lot of horses out there. Sometimes it can take some time. Um, <laughs> but it was really great talking to you and getting to uh, meet you at Gladstone. And... I'm sure we will be seeing you um, in the future with our parents. Yeah, I'll be there. (laughs) I'm sure you will. (laughs) Thank you, Marsha, for sharing your story. I think it's really important for new riders to uh, see people like you 
and um, see how the process works and how, how your experience was. So thank you as well um, for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. And if anybody's out and about at Lake Placid, which I know is an awesome horse show over over there, um, June 27th through July 20th, Scott, Dave, Scott David is part of the Lake Placid Equine Art Exhibit, and he's uh, donating 5% of all of his sales back to USDEA, which is very exciting <laughs> for us. And uh, I also uh, want to give a shout-out to Patty Rothback, if I'm saying her name right, and Chafiana, her horse. Patty is a para dressage rider who lost her leg when she was six um, when a World War II truck ran over her leg in England. And uh, she just joined the Century Club um, at Dressage at Saratoga, so which is right up your alley, Regina. That is. That actually is the horse show that I or- I'm the organizer of, and we yeah. had a great time with Patty doing um, her century ride. We made a huge deal out of it with big presentation and flowers and can you guys everything, ac- and it, it was can, so, so cool. Can you explain that, a century ride again? I know we've talked about it, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, um, the century ride is uh, done through the Dressage Foundation, which I just happened to be... Um, one of I'm the New York State rep um, for them, so I kind of keep everybody moving along in New York State is for the foundation. And so it was actually a real thrill to have one of the rides. And what it is is the, the horse's age and the person's age need to equal 100 or better to be able to be eligible, and you just need to go in and ride one full dressage test at a recognized show in front of a judge, and if you do it without any incidences, you automatically are awarded the Century Club ride. And it's pretty neat, and I think, uh, for instance, Patty, who we were just talking about, her horse is 27, and she is 73, so they equaled uh, 100, but she was going around telling everybody that she was 23 and her horse was 17. <laughs> <with> her. <laughs> so it was really funny. She's a, she's a cool, cool lady, great para rider. So it's, it's just a thrill. It's really, really cool to get um, to see that. And probably only a dozen people a year do it, if that. She, so wow. she was, you know, you said World War II. She was really young when that accident happened. Yeah. yeah she was. Yeah. She was. She's a great lady. So it's very cool if you get to witness one of the, uh, Dressage uh, Century Rides because it's they're few and far between and it's quite an honor. Wow, very, very good. Well, guys, I wanted to remind everybody that if you want to listen to past episodes of the Para Show here on the Dressage Radio Show, it happens the fourth, the last week of the month, every single month. And uh, Lindsay, are we going to continue? I guess I assume we're going to be continuing after you post, baby. Do you have somebody filling in for you? Of course, yeah. We'll try to get through a few more, uh, a few more months. I think I have two months left, and then, uh, yeah, we should be right. We'll be good. We'll keep going. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Well, we'll find somebody. We might have to make Hope do it, or something. Somebody. We're gonna have to make yeah. somebody do it. All right. Uh, I'm glad Sounds to hear. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, yeah. to hear that. You can uh, um, you can listen to the mom and get fitted all in. <laughs> good. <laughs> Good. We'll make sure we uh, put the we'll put the new mom to work. What the heck? She's not going to have anything else to do, right? How long does it take no, to change no. a diaper? Yeah. Busy that baby yeah. old day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Don't forget, you can listen to the Dressage Radio Show on our app at the Horse Radio Network on the iOS or Android app store. Just search for Horse Radio Network. Download it. It's free. It's easy. It's the simplest way to listen to the show. And where can we find out more about Para? You can learn more about um, Para Dressage or the entire Para equestrian discipline at USPEA.org. Um, and you can also go on Facebook and, and um, look them up there. And uh, like he said, don't forget to check out all the Horse Radio Network shows at horseradionetwork.com. And remember, one man's wrong lead is another man's counter cannon. <laughs>